Warning, may contain profanity, gouging eyes, hacking biology, smallville sex cults, a lot of bourbon, and, or peanuts. I, am, Woodstock. Well, I'm really excited, man, to get you on the show. Oh, thank you very much. I have respected you from the day I met you. Mm. You are... I don't know why. ...a soft-spoken person. Wow, uh-huh. that's true. You are usually fighting for those who can't fight for themselves. In arguments we have, it's usually leaning towards the more compassionate viewpoint. And I, I highly respect agree. people like that, and this, especially because you're... A trained killer <clears throat> as a marine it it makes it all the more powerful when you have someone who truly does put compassion first even though they've had a violent past do you find that you were always that way or do you think the marines had something to do with that um my i get it from my mother um she's a um in- incredible in- incredibly uh, giving person so when we were growing up um, <clears throat> on our birthdays, my mother would insist that we give presents on our birthdays. So when my birthday came around, I had to give a gift to my little brother. And, and you didn't get one yourself? I, I also got okay. them myself, but I mean, it was a, a gesture of, it's not only about you. So. Um, and to this day, um, she does a, she has this huge feed the homeless project. So, um, she lives in Houston and for like 28 years or something, she's been doing this project where she, um, we used to go into a kitchen and cook um, Thanksgiving meals for the homeless and bring them in. And we'd, we'd cook for them and, and just slave away in the kitchen for hours, you know, cooking for hundreds of people. Um, but now um, they've changed the laws to where you can't feed homeless people anymore. Wait, what? You're not allowed to do it. <clears throat> so you can't give homeless people food like they because it's a, because want it's people a health, to go to a specific place it's it's a health issue so they you could make them sick by giving them bad food interesting so um now she uh does backpacks and she'll get gifts from the community you know donations and stuff and fill backpacks with you know socks and jackets and wipes and you know toothbrushes stuff that they need and then she drives around in a big caravan of people handing out backpacks to homeless people that's so, awesome yeah so completely i get it from my mom from it as a little kid been doing it for a really long time um and one of the reasons i joined the marine corps i think is uh, i think a lot of people have the same mentality is like dude this is um <clears throat> this is the this is the right thing to do if you want to help people right this is a this is something that is looked looked upon by the community as something that a hero would do right so someone who is compassionate and wants to give something uh give themselves to something that is greater than themselves that is what you do and that's just the american that's our culture right we we hold we hold soldiers up, Marines up, troops up on a pedestal. Why did you choose the Marines over any other branch? Um, <clears throat> well, I got a, a very high score on my ASVAB, my the armed 
Services Vocational Aptitude Battery. And you take that before you choose yeah, all so branches all, use the same? All the branches use the same thing. You go down to um, the military enlistment processing uh, MEPS, they call it. Okay. Downtown, and you take a test. It's kind of like the SAT or something, but just kind of tweaked a little bit to fit more with the military needs. And they give you a score that tells you what jobs you are uh, smart enough to do. And I scored pretty high, and so because of that, all the different branches were um, trying to recruit me. The Navy wanted me, the Army wanted me, Air Force wanted me, and they all had different pitches, uh, except the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps was like, hmm, what makes you good enough to join the Marines? We think very highly of ourselves, and so you kind of have to prove to us that you are good enough to be one of us to be the few and the proud and that pitch worked wonders on me <laughs> and i loved it i love the idea of carrying a sword you know you get a sword that's amazing that's fantastic also the uniforms look better than any of the uniforms in any of the military so from yeah, an unbiased perspective i agree yeah so um yeah man uh, marines all the way loved it uh wouldn't trade it for the world incredible Hard, definitely the hardest, you know, they, they pitch them. They definitely pitch themselves pretty hard as better than the other, uh, other branches. Oh yeah. Every Marine I've ever met. It's not a disrespectful thing either. That's the funniest part about it. They're just like, no, we're just better in every way. It's, I don't it's harder to be in the Marines than it is to be in any other branch. It's much more difficult. I would say. Um, physically the, speaking or do you think there's other parts to it uh everything man uh physically mentally it's tough it's really tough um our boot camp is longer it's more excruciating um every person who joins the marines goes into infantry school not infantry school but uh, combat school so every marine is first and foremost a fighter and then Secondarily, they also do their job. So, you're a rifleman first. So it's definitely it's definitely harder, harder than the Air Force. For how sure. much training did they do with hand to hand combat? A lot, a lot of hand to hand combat. You start in in basic training, you start, and then throughout your military career, you progress up and up and up the ranks. But it's never it never stops. Do you still recall like everything they taught you? Hmm. I, I recall it somewhat on an intellectual level, but a lot of it is instinct because you practice so much. Um, there was a time. Uh, so the first thing they teach you is falling. Uh, you need to fall correctly so that you don't hurt yourself because you're going to be falling a lot. Um, uh, because part of the training is other people making you fall, right? They need to practice. Mm -hmm. They need to practice on somebody. And so recruits practice on recruits. So they need to teach you to fall. And um, I was running somewhere. We were in a formation run through some woods. And I tripped over um, over a branch or something. I tripped over something. Don't know exactly what it was. Fell. Did a forward shoulder roll. So fell on my shoulder. Rolled. Popped right back up on my feet and kept running. Didn't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Why, literally, that when they say uh, muscle memory... My muscles just did the actions because I had practiced it over and over and over. Just rolled on, on accident and popped right back up. 
And I don't know if you have any way of knowing this, but I'm, I'm just curious to know whether the training that they do for hand-to-hand combat has hand-to-hand combat has evolved since the MMA came out because the way of fighting definitely has changed. Absolutely. So the, what they call it is the Marine Corps martial arts program, McMap. And there's a lot of, that's a cool name. There's a lot of, um, a lot of ground fighting, a lot of jujitsu influence. It's kind of, uh, taken, taken different martial arts, um, focuses and kind of combine them into what they find to be the most applicable thing for the Marines that need to go into combat. wonder who's in charge of updating the training manuals. I don't know. I'm sure there's some general somewhere whose job it is, is to make sure that we are effective. Yeah. I, you know, it's gotta be something if we're going to have the highest, but it's also, defense. it's also different than, than like UFC. Because UFC has rules. So one of the first things they teach you in the Marines is to gouge people's eyes out. Yeah, I don't think you can do that in UFC. Right. They don't, you don't train for that. Right. Uh, another thing that they teach you is um, weapons of opportunity. So whatever you can grab for, your helmet or your shovel, anything that's around is a weapon. And, and so, like, I've had people ask me, do you think you can kick my ass? A lot. People challenged me when I was in the Marines and still when I got out a lot, all the time. Can't you think you can kick my ass? I'm like, yes, <laughs> I don't want to, you know, and they, they're like, how? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I probably grab your nuts. First thing, go for your eyes, you know, whatever it takes to win. It doesn't matter. Um, whatever it takes for me to survive that that's what it, that's what it comes down to when you're in combat is survival first and foremost you being someone who is already soft-spoken you seem to be and i've you know i've, I've spent enough time with you to where I, I believe that you're a very mindful person and by mindful i mean you, you think before you speak you take time to actually process I, I try to, and that's why this terrifies me. <laughs> what, doing the podcast? Yeah. yeah. That'd be, uh, that's like the perfect person to be on a podcast, though, someone who thinks through their thoughts before they say them. Sure. I, I try to, right? But sometimes shit slips out and it's the <laughs> wrong thing. Don't worry. I've tried to be as offensive as I possibly can on okay. this show. Okay. Some of it unintentionally, some of it intentionally, but it's it's because I think people need to just default to forgiveness and stop just pointing like victim mentality can it needs to be addressed or recognized like we need to understand we shouldn't be bullies but at the same time if you're just sheltering people from being bullied you're not helping that person what we need to be teaching people is how to stoically react to beratings so it doesn't affect them because we're never going to have a world where we're whitewashed or I just whitewashed, not in the white term racially, but as far as like a homogenous society, right. at least I hope we I, never I are because we want different colors in life. We want different cultures, different foods and shit. We don't want to homogenize this world. And if we don't have a homogenous world, we're going to have a lot of people getting offended. And it's those people who can't handle their own little feelings and they react poorly are the ones that we need to be focusing on and i 
I think that's one reason I've always respected you because you seem like you have a handle. You don't use um, a hot head to make your decisions. Have you, you said you got that from your mom. Did that transfer into the Marines very um, well? Like did, were your peers in the similar boat or how did that affect your, your well, time you served? Um, my mom is where I get my compassion. I'd say my dad is the person who taught me to think before I speak. My dad was always the type of person that was willing to listen to arguments. And so um, he would always challenge me to challenge him. And he'd be like, let's have a discussion about something. You know, if he had to punish me, he would sit me down and talk me through and make me tell him why I was being punished. Right. So <laughs> he, would, he would say, OK, you know, you got to be disciplined. Explain to me why <laughs> you're getting disciplined. And I'm like, well, I you know, forged my report card and now here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good dad. He's a great dad. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Wonderful dad. Uh, very, very lucky to have him. Uh, all my family is great. They're a great family. Uh, and I was very fortunate. Pulled a winning lottery ticket, being born in America with a great family. Yeah, man. Here, here. I, I think we uh, underestimate how lucky we are. I don't. I am grateful for it every single day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say that about one of the myself. Luckiest men on earth, dude. We, I mean, well, A, we're guys, and B, we're inarguably the most luxurious country to be born into. Yeah, we live I'm better sure, than like, kings. Switzerland, there's a few other countries that probably what like Monaco, Liechtenstein. There's lots of countries in the world that are well off. But as far as like straight up, well, I guess they don't really have middle classes, though. I think that's the main difference. Those teeny tiny ones, everyone's just filthy rich. But as far as like a large scale country where the, I guess the median lifestyle is so freaking luxurious. Incredible. We just don't understand it. One of the best on earth. You I was go to another to, country and you're most people from America would be floored at how people live in other countries. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. In fact, Germany, you have to pay to go to the shitter in public. Yeah. And Germany is one of the most, you know, first uh, world countries got, out there. We've all got our weirdsies. I know. I know. <laughs> What's the weirdsies about America? Tipping, apparently, is a really big one that no one yeah. else understands. Yeah. They don't get it. Um, it's just one of those things that's been around forever that it's just kind of the culture. Yeah. But, but also because of that, we have a culture here in America that I've, I didn't really notice, but a couple people have pointed out to me recently that the, the service, like the quality of service in America is much higher. Hmm. And they specifically said not hospitality, the hospitality, they're great. You know, you know, hosts and they're very kind. That's not it. It's just in America, we expect to be able to raise our hand and have someone there almost immediately. I went to Italy. I had an amazing time. Um, but they're definitely not as um, waiting on you hand and foot as they are here in America. Yeah. They don't come around and, you know, is everything okay? Mm-hmm. Um, back onto the, um, I had I had a specific question, but mm-hmm. I just don't know how to pose it. I was listening to a podcast that was talking about mindfulness and they were testing out um, service members. I don't know what branch, but they would give them training where it is 
12 minutes a day of mindfulness training where you're more or less meditating and you're practicing on focusing on whatever it is that you're supposed to be focusing on focus training another way to say it and the story that they told was pretty impressive they had a group that well a lot of groups they sat down and gave the training to and with various degrees of, of success but there was one group that when they came back and they redid the testing they were off the charts as far as mindfulness low anxiety low PTSD and apparently that group halfway through their service called and said hey you know that training you were giving us that we just kind of blew off and didn't give a shit about can you teach us how to do that real quick again <laughs> and they asked why and they said the groups that actually took it seriously said that they were going on missions coming back actually sleeping and didn't have the shakes mm. and we want that and so this one group decided to go overdrive they recognized what was causing this you know correlation doesn't always mean causation as right. you pointed out many times in the <laughs> recent past but it's one of my favorite phrases <laughs> it's so easy to throw out stuff because everything there's just too many fucking variables in life mm -hmm. but with this specific group they they recognized that put a lot of time to it and apparently just something as simple as 12 minutes a day of just thinking about how your breathing feels as you're doing it or it's repeating a mantra or a favorite saying or something meditating meditating to put right. it yeah exactly kept people from having severe mental illness and That's actually crazy. being able to sleep after very difficult stressful things i've heard that meditating is super effective you're just hacking your biology right you're just that's a cool way to put it yeah i mean that's what music does hacks your biology um actually dude there's some great videos we should watch about music hacking your biology uh like we'll specific later. songs no just how uh some things are ingrained pattern recognition stuff like that uh bobby mcferrin the guy that sings Don't Worry, Be Happy. Mm -hmm. He's got some great, great videos how he hacks. He hacks audiences all over the world and gets them to sing back to him uh, things that are just kind of ingrained, man. The, the pentatonic scale works everywhere in the world. It's crazy. That's very cool. Yeah. I really um, got to get into that. <clears throat> what were we talking about? We, meditation. Yeah. Uh, I heard it. I heard it works really great, man. We should try it. I've have been, you ever done it? I've been like practicing different techniques. I haven't found I've one got a, specific. I've got that a I challenge do. for you. What's that? Let's try it out. Okay. You and I will do some meditation. Uh, we'll we'll say twelve minutes a day. We'll call it twelve minutes. Okay. And we'll just uh, do it for a month and see what happens. And we'll talk about it afterwards. Deal. All right. Cool. Perfect. It's on record now. So. Well, Binding I'm, contract. I'm changing my life one podcast at a time. A couple episodes ago, I promised um, that I'd seek out a therapist. Sucks for you, dude. I know. Because, like, it, I only have to do one thing. I've got to meditate. You've got to do 50 billion things that you've promised. But at the same time, I'm it's not going to agree to shit stuff. that I don't think. Well, A, I'm not going to do it if I don't want to. That's right. the most important part. But I think all these things, the reason I want to do it is because it's things that I. Be good for I you. think deep down inside, I knew they would be good for me and I knew I'd benefit from them, but through whether it's laziness or stigma that I've built up around like therapy, I've talked on the show before. Therapy. I need to go to therapy so bad. It's so fucking expensive yeah. though, man. And that's one of the big reasons why I didn't do it before. Like hey, I, there's another American thing for you. Oh, I mean, 
that that's that's actually talk about that but just to finish my thought sure. um i did actually seek out um times the other expensive part right yeah for therapists um so anyways, as Facebook goes, they read your life apparently and give you dedicated ads. So it's weird, not weird, normal now is after I had this podcast, immediately there's a, an ad on my phone for better help. I'm mm -hmm. like, all right, I'll check it out. It was the number one rated. I went on there. I, I have no affiliation with them, by the way. I've, got, I've done like one session so far, but it's like 60 bucks a week, which is expensive. But compared to like 150 to 300 dollars for an hour, mm -hmm. it, like a standard therapist, it's really cheap. Yeah, they make you pay four weeks in advance though, so I had to, I had to fork out 240 bucks just to. But I'd be able to talk to this guy. It, it was actually pretty cool. It you filled out like an application, and the application was asking standard, not standard questions, but questions to say like, hey, do you have preferences? Do you we want right. you to actually talk to someone. It, would you prefer a man or a woman? I, Do you not care? I knew you were going to say that. I knew it was going to be man or a woman. There's always that question, right? Yeah. We were just talking about gynecologists the other day. And do women feel more comfortable with a man gynecologist or a woman gynecologist? And a lot of women prefer men. And really? a lot of women prefer women. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Was the, What was the split? Uh, older women wanted... Men. And men gynecologists and younger women wanted more women gynecologists. Yeah. Which is interesting. Sounds about right. Yeah. That's why the whole, what we were talking about earlier, there's just too many variables. Yeah. The age that you grew up in, the age you currently are, I mean, by age, the era you grew up in, but then your current age, right. male, female, non-binary, apparently we have to throw into the mix now, mm -hmm. which that's exciting stuff to me. Like, I don't really the like non-binarism. Yeah, because it's this whole new frontier of psychology that we've sure. never been able to talk about before. But now that it's destigmatized, we can talk about, you know, people who are trans and what their brain is yeah. going through, their mind, I guess. I don't know how to correctly say it. Yeah. But. People people act like it's new times and that um, there's all these trans people now. It's like they were there were already trans people. They're just allowed to be out side about it now yeah you know they don't get beat up at church for it yeah, yeah that's it's awesome not and as much not as much not as much right depending where you are right don't go to the middle east if you're <laughs> trans yeah. you know what i heard about the middle east maybe you can verify you've been over there a while a couple times um they're super anti-gay but all the dudes fuck is that accurate like someone was telling me that the muslim guys would walk holding pinkies and that meant that like they were never going to be in a relationship because that's homosexual, but they would please each other sexually until they found their wife. You ever heard of that? I, I have never heard of that. Um, they do hold hands over there for sure. Guys just walking down the street. Yep. For what purpose? Like, is it a just, just enjoy it? Like friends do it? Just like if me and you were holding hands for because we enjoyed each other's company as huh. as heterosexual men. It's very wholesome. Yeah. It's just a different culture thing. It's very strange to me to see it. Um, when I was in India, I had a couple guys try to hold my hand. Like, hey, we're friendly now. Let's hold hands. And I did not know how to react. Very strange. Yeah. Yeah. To an American. How would you, how would you react if someone tried to hold your hand? In an, you were in another country. You understood it was their culture. And 
you understand that it's a friendly thing, totally, completely um, asexual hand-holding, and a, a man, big burly man, beard, tries to hold your hand. If I already knew about it, I would be... Intellectually, you yeah, would probably I'd, do it, I'd but be, you would probably uh, feel weird about I'm it. Like, oh, <laughs> thanks, man. I, I appreciate about. Uh, it's flattering, I, right? It's flattering. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. I'd, I'd be flattered, but at the same time, definitely awkward for me. Very weird. It's kind of like us seeing nipples in sure, America. Yeah. Other places, like commercials, like, billboards, ew. just like gross boobies flapping out. And nipples. And Disgusting. to us, we look up, we're like, holy cow. <laughs> Is everyone else seeing this? There's like nipples on the open. What the the fuck right and uh, am i wrong like we were raised in a way it's where weird. like yeah, nipples, nipples were not allowed to be free. man nipples are fine yeah man nipples are totally for fine. whatever reason. if there's nasty hairs surrounding them like mine do then they can just be wide out in the open right but i am kind of glad the uh the skis in me is kind of happy about the whole mm. you know free the nip movement it's, yeah. it's very eye-opening ah nice mm-hmm. good word choice mm-hmm. good diction mm-hmm. i once my teacher once told me that I had good diction and I did not know what that meant. And it means you use good words. And I was like, Oh, another word in my arsenal. So is diction like mm-hmm. how you say the word? Like you have, like you say all the different consonants and vowels in the right no, way. No, no. Diction is your word choice. A word so choice. What okay. word you choose to describe an event or, you know, situation or whatever. What but, was I just describing? I don't remember. What enunciation. We there enunciation. we go. Enunciation. Yeah. Diction. I thought diction and enunciation were uh, synonyms. No, no di- diction is the right word for the right situation. Nice. Yeah. What's the, there's a term that my wife really likes. It's saying a lot with a few words. Um, I don't think this bourbon's going to let me remember it. Mm, I don't know. Concise. Concise is getting to the point. Well, I think concise yeah, that, means yeah, le, le, but that's not le, the word le, your le, wife uses. Like locution, locutious? No, I don't. I don't know. Elocution? Elocution? What's elocution? I think it's uh, someone who's eloquent can speak well. Well, that makes sense. Duh, elocution, the skill of clear and expressive speech. So is elocution and diction kind of? Uh, syn- I think it's synonymous? more like uh, your articulate. I would say. Okay. Well, I'm I'm working at getting El- good. Elocution is <laughs> elocution is a good speaker. Someone who uses words good. Yeah. That, so we could go down to the wiki one. Uh, formal speaking. So that's what I would call it. Elocution is a study of formal speaking in pronunciation, grammar, style, and tone, as well as the idea and practice mm. of effective speech. There so, L. What, what's what? What was the other word we're talking about? Uh, concise no the one you called me diction diction yeah diction yeah the choice and yeah. use of words and phrases in speech there you go You're i'm right. good at that part the style of enunciation or speaking or singing as well i am good with the diction i should probably be a dictator <laughs> there you go man i love words me too words are good words mean things so do you use Facebook? I have a Facebook. I used it a lot for a long time. And I have decided I don't want to do that anymore. Why? I think it's uh, I think it's changed. I think they have tweaked it to where you see 
things that will get you mad so that you will engage with it more. Um, and because of that, it makes people mad at each other. I think it's bad for everybody. Um, when did you come to that conclusion? It's been a few years, I guess. It also kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of got uncool to use. And I didn't want to, I just didn't want to anymore. That's just ageist. You're just Is it? a bigot against old people. Um, maybe. I think uncool people can be of any age. <laughs> <laughs> I realized very, uh, I, I don't know what what the comment was, but I was on Reddit and someone made a comment and it made me realize that a lot of people, at least on Reddit, are a lot younger than me compared to on Reddit? things like Facebook. Yeah. Compared to Facebook, yeah, I would say I would agree. I would say there's not a lot of old people on Reddit. And Facebook kind of leans a little bit more conservative, and Reddit's skews, a little bit more skews to the older demographic. Definitely, for sure. Um, kind of like how cable news skews to the I, oldest demographic. I think it, it's you know, I was somewhere, and someone, I, I was wearing a hat, a ball cap. And I had a curved brim, and someone called it a dad hat. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess the kids don't really do the uh, curved brim anymore. And I think it's the same thing with Facebook. Yeah. The kids don't really, they do the TikToks. Which, that's just heroin in a phone. So is Facebook, man. Facebook's no better. I guess you're right, man. Well, it's the whole, I guess every drug for every person. Sure. For uh, for me, I deleted the Facebook app, and so now I'll only use it on my browser. But now I'm just scrolling through Reddit, so I'm like, well, I gotta delete that shit then yeah, too. Everyone's got a poison, right? Yeah, I'm just gonna start doing, I don't know, crack. I think I can afford that for the rest of my life. That's, I don't know, man. What's healthier, Facebook or crack? For society. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we, one of them is legal. That is true. That is true. If uh, someone at some point determined that crack was probably bad for society. Well, someone at some point said psychedelics are bad for society. What's your opinion on that? Psychedelics? Mm-hmm. I don't have enough experience with them. Do you, uh, have you looked into... I want to do, I want to do some serious psychedelics. I would like to change my, I've, so my understanding is that they uh, can change your outlook on life, which sounds like a good place to be. Well, you used biohacking earlier, mm-hmm. and we were talking about meditation. My current hypothesis is that meditation and psychedelics do the same thing. One is over 30 years, and one is over, you know, a couple of minutes. 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on which one you do, like, I did not have a good understanding of what drugs were and by drugs i'm talking about all of them i'm including mm-hmm. caffeine and i even think sugar acts just as much as a drug as it does a calorie but i i was very skewed based off of my upbringing and by that i mean i was i was in elementary school in the 90s like from day one they're saying stay off of drugs just say no mm-hmm. and then they would say these are the bad drugs and then you'd go to the doctor and he'd prescribe you the good drugs. And to me, it, it seemed That's pretty black and white. But the I, older even, I, I, don't, I, I often do not make the connection that what the doctor gives you are drugs. You know, 
uh, what oh, the it's doctor just medicine. exactly what the doctor gives me is medicine, and what uh, the crack dealer down the street gives me are drugs. And you're and right. So, and but then you switch switch that, and it's also right. Hmm. I, I don't know if crack in many uses could be used as a medicine, but the base of it, you know, opium or uh, not, not opium, uh, coca leaves is used as medicine. Like we mm-hmm. had that in the, in the hospital. I think that's actually scheduled, scheduled two, wherein marijuana of all things is still a schedule one drug. Yeah. Explain that to me. It's going to change. It'll change. I think we had a discussion, you know, in our, in our group where we have discussions about those types of things, about how it's, you know, based on a lot of, uh, racism and control and stuff like that, man. And I think people are figuring out that it's not bad and times are changing and I think it's time to change. It's going to happen. It's happening slowly. It's happening. It'll happen. It'll finish. Yeah, I think you're right. I definitely think you're right. right. People are seeing what happened in, in say Portugal, for example, yeah. and there it, it is undeniable. I because it's incredible I'm incredible. What's what's happening in Portugal, dude? It's mind-boggling. Every metric. So, going back to social media and people not agreeing on anything, I reached out to the uh, just a Portugal subreddit and I threw it out and said, "Hey, I'm I'm coming to Europe." Um, a lot of my guests have been talking about uh, different various drugs. And so I'm starting to look into the war on drugs. And it seems to be that it's it's only bad for us. Like, although the intention was good and the idea behind getting people off of addictive substances is great. It's actually causing bigger issues. You guys back in 2000 changed this around. How did it affect you in your life? And overwhelmingly every single person that responded said it was an utter success on every level. Yep. There's nothing we could say about it. The guy that he was a doctor that kind of pushed it. He was radical at the time. He's now praised by everyone sure. just as a genius and like kids who literally they said to me, we had to be careful walking to school because kids would step on syringes and get AIDS. And I don't know how many of them said, yeah, my dad was addicted to heroin and only through that was he able to get off of it. And it, it's crazy that it, that was 20 years ago and America is supposed to be this country that's leading the world and all the different, I mean, we get out the most gold medals. We're doing great guys. Right. Oh, but we have a horrible opium epidemic and there's something that we can do about it, but we choose not to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Why don't you think we've done anything about it? About the opium epidemic? Yeah. I think we have. There's been some incredible, huge court cases about, you know, suing the people who did it. Um, it's harder to get. I opi- guess specifically with now, Oxycontin. Right, right? Which is the driving, the driver, right? Call it the driver. Mm-hmm. Um, it's harder to get opiates now. Um, you go to the doctor, they used to hand them out like Halloween candy and now they don't anymore. I think there's been some changes, some good changes. Yeah, specifically with uh, OxyContin, I guess my question is more of, because if it's You're not- talking about legalization. I'm stuff. talking about the addiction problem we have in general, because it used to be crack. Now, because of Oxy, it's more opiate. Now we have fentanyl coming into the market. So the black mm-hmm. market, 
is actually going up now that these court cases are tightening down the legal prescription of it. So it's it's not gone. It might curb new addicts, people who uh, aren't searching out drugs. Definitely, 100% will. So to answer your question, which I believe was, why haven't we changed anything? I, I think we have and we are. It's just really slow. I think like anything else, it's a huge, huge old wooden ship and it takes a long time to ride it. I think that's what it is. I think the long, long arm of, uh, what do you call it? The, the law. law. Yeah, bends towards justice. Is that Martin Luther King's? I've never heard that. So the long arm of the law bends towards justice? Something like that. Yeah. So, so eventually we'll get there. Things aren't always right, but they're moving in the right direction. Yeah. I think Churchill said, you know, um, Americans do the right thing after they've tried everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Paraphrasing, of course. So did you meet uh, other armed service guys over when you were deployed, like from other countries? I did, man. I got to hang with some Romanians. They were amazing. Love those guys. Um, my aunt is Romanian, actually. She plays in the really? Houston Symphony. Um, my uncle uh, married her, and so now she's my aunt um, by marriage. Uh, but met some Romanians uh, when we were overseas. We were not allowed to partake in any drinking of any kind, but the Romanians had wine. Oh, really? They yeah. supplied their... Uh... Yeah, they brought it in. Hey, nice. Yeah, it was awesome, dude. So, had some great times hanging with some great Romanians. Um, had some great time hanging with some Afghans, man. They uh, fed me. They were super hospitable. A lot of them had no idea why we were over there. Did not get it. Uh, never heard of 9-11. They were just living their lives. Yeah, man. Sheep farmers. Goat farmers. I don't know what's going on. I have no idea why I'm there. They've never seen anybody with the technology that we had rolling through, and we had nothing, dude. <laughs> the, Marines, the Marines, when we roll in, we don't have anything. We've got tents and cots, uh, but we had televisions, and uh, they were happy to sell us DVDs, bootleg DVDs. Uh, they never, they don't know what was on them. Uh, they had a show on the front. Smallville was the uh, popular DVD that we had out there. Smallville and Scrubs, uh, really. It's a lot of time to pass when you're out there. Smallville wasn't half bad. So I liked Smallville, man. Uh, too bad about the uh, sex cult, though. Wait, uh, what? There was uh, a sex cult? Yes. So, uh, what's, what's the chick's name? There's a blonde chick on the on the show. Well, I'm looking <laughs> yeah, this up. Look it up, dude. It's amazing. I'm glad. What to, do I type in? To, I don't know. Smallville sex cult. Smallville. You'll get it. Google it. Sex cult. There it is. Okay. It's coming up. Uh, Allison Mack. Up. She was uh from Smallville to a sex cult. The fall of a actress Allison Mack. Yeah, she was a uh, young Clark Kent's best friend on the show. I have to go to something that I don't have to pay for. Yeah, New York get Times. Get out of here. Let me see here. I might. I might I change your life today. Her. You can. If, oh, when you she's click on, the... I don't recognize her there because she looks like she's been through something. Yeah, a sex cult of some kind. So She it, started it? No, she was um, the ringleader's right-hand man and uh, got a bunch of women into the into the cult. Br brought, brought, brought them in with her fame. 
used her fame as an actress on a uh, hit TV show. So the cult's name was just a bunch of Roman numerals? N-X-I-V-M? Yeah. Inexium, I think. N-X-I-V-M. That's how you pronounce it. Uh, has surrendered to a California prison to serve her sentence. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, Clark Kent's friend. She was sentenced for three years behind bars in June. When was yeah. this? I don't even know. Twenty. Oh, that was this year. Well, she was sentenced this year. She, yeah, this was written September was, 21. There you go. Holy cow. How did I not know about this? I don't watch, I don't read the news. That's probably why. Uh, I mean, old show. She's not real famous anymore, but she's... I mean, they found out about this a long time ago. Do you years know the details of what ago. happened? I like they I, brought I them in point. and convinced them that like I wonder what their like yeah, base they, ideology. I think they branded was. them. What they branded the women? Yeah. It is now a paramount importance for me to say, to me to say from the bottom of my heart, I am so sorry. I threw myself into the teachings of Keith Rainier with everything I had. I mm-hmm. believed wholeheartedly that his mentorship was leading me to a better, more enlightened version of my of myself. Yeah, Holy I, shit. I think it was like a success, like a success workshop mm-hmm. that just kind of, you know, they, they start you in with, uh, if you do these things, you will be successful in life. And then it just goes on and on from there. So it's like Scientology? A little bit, yeah. Hey, come in. Oh, no, you can never leave, though. And let's have sex. Uh, yep. Interesting. Yeah, they. I think they branded branded the girls with his initials. Ooh, he was sentenced to 120 years yeah. in prison for his role in leading the criminal enterprise that included a cult-like sorority where women were sexually exploited and branded with his initials. Yeah. Send a plea agreement in. Brooklyn federal court admitting to racketeering crimes in her role as a high ranking leader. Ooh. She goes to jail yet. What's your name? Jelaine Maxwell or whatever hmm. is, Oh no, she got pulled in. Didn't she? So they, I mean, this has been going on for years. She just got sentenced in September or whatever, but this thing has been, I mean, it takes forever to prosecute people like that forever. I don't know. Sometimes they go through quick like that Rittenhouse. Have you following that? No, no, no. I saw the memes that I'm crying. That's about it. Yeah. Jelaine Maxwell, security advisor. I hate that. I I hate that his his prosecution has become a proxy war for Democrats versus Republicans. It's just, you know, dumb. I'm so sick and tired of that. Everything's a proxy war. All right. The end of it is. He was a stupid kid for going to a place where he shouldn't have been, but he was defending himself. He, tr- You could watch the video and truly see him in fear for his life, and I don't think they're going to get him on it, and it's going to be a huge uproar if they don't. Either way, there's going to be a huge uproar, and that's the sad part. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what happens. Because it's people been, are going to be pissed off. It's been turned into something bigger than what it is. I think people, before they can say they're for or against it they need to actually watch the whole entire hearing but you know that's not going to happen but, but the he- the hearing is it's for the jury the hearing's not for the public you know what i mean they're talking they they specifically selected the jury to be people who are um more apt to 
listen to their arguments and they knew what the arguments were going to, that they were going to make beforehand. Well, both sides are going to choose the jury yeah. though, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But, but that's what I'm saying is that the arguments are for the jury. Yeah. They know what the arguments were going to be. And then they selected a jury based on their arguments and, and both sides got to decide, you know, agree on these other jurors. So when they say things like um, the call of duty thing, mm-hmm. right? The most popular video game in the history of video games, he happened to play it. Therefore he was dreaming about murder. You know, don't you, well, <laughs> I mean, I'm a, every young person in America plays call of duty. I know. You it's know ridiculous. what I'm saying? And so, they're not playing to the public. They don't care what the public thinks. Their goal in that room is to play to the jury of the people that they selected. So I don't think that the public listening into what is being said in the courtroom is necessarily indicative of what the facts actually are. You might be right, but at the same time, I think people right now are shelling out a lot of hate based yeah, off no I knowledge agree, at all if they actually listened to the arguments of both sides even if it wasn't meant for them i do understand your point and i agree um but i think people need to understand a that it, it's a kid yeah. how old is he he was like 17 Jeez. something like that i'd say you're a kid until you're 25 i, I, I was think an idiot at 25 yeah but I'm at least you now. could rent I'm a car idiot. like we're still idiots and we're like oh man i barely survived that one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just very, honestly, that's what successful people are. They're I'm a little bit smarter lucky. about my idiocy these days. You, I, about your what? About my idiocy. What's I, the uh, last time very, you've almost killed yourself? Oh, God. Um, I know very clearly I was very <laughs> close to death. Was it this weekend? It was when I went to Roswell. Oh. No, I probably wouldn't have died. I just would have burnt my truck down. Mm. I did something really stupid and got away with it. I melted a plastic gas can with Ooh. the exhaust of my generator. Ooh. Yeah. I had heated fuel, heated gasoline. To the point where plastic could melt? To where plastic could melt. And all it would have taken is one tiny little spark and my truck would have been up in flames. That'd be crazy. That was a very, very... Sobering? Sobering experience. I was very sober at the time. That's the... That's one nice thing about being on the road is you can't get too fucked up too often. But it is nice uh, being able to let loose on the microphone every once in a while. Mm. In fact, most of my episodes have been very, very sober. Nice. Um, just being on the road, always with the family. I'm not going to pull a, a, I don't know, like 10,000 pound trailer mm-hmm. and be fucked up. And I don't want to be hung over either. So pretty much this whole like family tour, most of my episodes, I was just as sober as you can possibly be maybe like one or two beers those are the dry ones yes yes <laughs> very very informative but they're they're a little bit slower pace hmm. um and some of them I, I definitely wanted to be sober like i met with researchers i met with governors and not governors uh mayors and congressmen so i didn't want to be all actually i probably probably wouldn't have mind smoking a joint with uh, mr bishop that'd be uh, awesome or congressman bishop um he never would though he's he's very straight laced. I mean, he's the typical conservative. Um, I mentioned to him that I do drink alcohol and it, as a good high school teacher said, he said, you should never do that. It just doesn't matter. You don't have to look cool. I'm like, I'm not 18. I, yeah. I don't do it to look cool. I like it. I feel cool. Like- <laughs> <laughs> um, although I did, uh, did go 
I did a not full October, but I did sober October. That was, I think everyone should do that. Like, uh, just cut yourself off from certain things periodically um, just to see how you react. Spend a lot of my, my life's over, man. Um, when I say that, I mean, like, I should get busy. I should get busy with life. I don't get to party enough. Yeah. Yeah, I found myself doing, like, four or five cups of coffee a day. And it was definitely affecting, like, I just, I got to the point where if I didn't have it, I'd feel like shit. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't like that. I don't want to be dependent on anything, you know? And so I decided to just cut out caffeine. And I'm like, well, if I'm doing that, you know. Might as well do everything else. Might as well. I'm cutting out a a depressant and alcohol and a. But why October, man? We have the best weather in October. Name a month and it's not a good month. Yeah. Yeah, it, right. it's always bad well i was already going on a long like 40 mile hike and so i'm like i'm not gonna be it's a boy scout hike too so okay. i'm not getting up like gonna carry a whole bottle of bourbon with me even the last year i did um <laughs> this year i decided to stay sober the whole time and uh and so i'm like i already got a whole week where i'm doing it so i might as well just do the rest but and it was way easier than i thought it was going to be mm. honestly the headache from no caffeine went away like day four or five and after that, it was just kind of, I don't know, it was kind of nice. It was just different, yeah. not having, like, any substances in my body at all. Like, not even ibuprofen. Like, it was just water and, no, I still smoked some weed, but that one just doesn't really. That doesn't count. Fuck you with your biology as much, at least not with me. Like, I, it doesn't, like, alcohol's dehydrating me every I like, time I drink it. I like it. listening to you make excuses for your weed habit oh i go like i went like two months straight without weed i just don't smoke as much weed as i do alcohol or uh, caffeine was like daily i'm trying to get back into weed uh went without it for a long time um what's the draw for you just the enjoyment of it like entertainment value or did you get some like benefit from it like uh maybe mentally or you just think it's fun no i think it's just kind of experimentation um didn't do it for a really long time. Didn't do it in the Marines. Uh, got drug tested at work, so I didn't do it. Just kind of want to see what it's all about. Smoked for the first time in 20 years a couple of weeks ago with a buddy. Um, quit my job, and we worked together. And uh, he was like, dude, I'm going to smoke you out as soon as you as soon as you quit. I told him I'd put in my two weeks. Um, said, I'm going to smoke you out, dude. You're going you're gonna to love it. He uh, bought me a box, like a, a super nice gift box. It's uh, made out of bamboo. It has a little tray in it for rolling stuff. He brought me, uh, bought me some rolling papers, put a little weed in some containers, got me some airtight stuff. I mean, he hooked me up, dude. That's a good buddy. Yeah. That's um, awesome. One of my best friends. Um, and I went over to his house, and we smoked a little bit, and I got way too high. So I, I just need to dial it in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dosage is super important. That's one yeah. thing that I've definitely... I can now say I've smoked enough cannabis where I, I'm pretty comfortable with dosages, both smoking and edible side. Right. Smoking, you can get away with fucking up. Edibles, you're not going to die, but you're going to think you're dead. <laughs> you're going to be looking at the mirror, talking yourself like, down off of a metaphorical cliff. I like um, your eyebrows at that moment. You're going to think you're... It's not 
fun. Have well, you done too many edibles? No. I'm oh telling you, I haven't, I haven't done any kind of marijuana in 20 years. Do your research. When I talk to Casey, she's a psychedelic integrator, like helps people transition to do like psychedelics for hers is mostly like addiction and trauma therapy. Mm. And what her response was is perfect. It goes like this research, research, research. And that's all she said. I'm like, well, what do I do if I'm looking into trying different more psychoactive experiences and that's that was pretty much her only response and i can say the same for anyone who wants to try cannabis for the first time is like look up your weight and then how much dosage and key tip right here smoking you can't really tell what your dosage is so if it's your first time smoking you don't know how to pull in like accurately so some people are going to do nothing and some are going to pull in way too much so i would recommend edibles just like a teeny tiny amount that's it it's good advice good advice i'll do that and you have the good uh thc in your system there's delta 9 and then there's like 11 something something 11 it's way more psychoactive like you're gonna have a different experience and I think if we're going to be doing it, that's the kind of experience we want, right? We want to be able to see different perspectives. I, I always talk about how, uh, for me at least, I know it's different for everyone, but cannabis for me is like an empathy steroid. Like, Interesting. I get really paranoid when I smoke too much. And it dawned on me that it's because I can't stop seeing all of the stupid shit that I do constantly. Yeah, absolutely. I do that. And that it comes through empathy. It's it comes through. So the biggest one is my wife and children. You're like I, you always want to be perfect for them. You can't afford not to be perfect for them, you know. And so I hold myself up to this standard where when I smoke too much, I'm like, well, man, I could have spent more time with my daughter. I, I could have spoken nicer to my wife. I could have done this, and I get super fucking paranoid about sure. it. But next day I wake up and I'm like, oh, jeez you're actually doing pretty damn good. And <laughs> yeah. you recognize a few things that you could probably be doing better on. And then I just make it a goal of, all right, live your life in a way where you don't get paranoid when you're smoking weed. Interesting. Yeah, so one of the things I definitely noticed uh, when I was smoking weed the other day, I was like, man, I spent a lot of time on my phone. I was in an Uber on my way home. Mm-hmm. And I just had my phone out and I was just mindlessly scrolling. Um. But also, what the fuck else am I going to do in the back of an Uber? <laughs> you know? But you're thinking about it. You're like, I'm on my phone too much. Yeah. I'm yeah. on my phone too much, but there's nothing else well, to do. Well, it was also like in an, as an everyday thing. It's like I'm on my phone too much on a daily basis. Sitting in the back of an Uber, high as fuck, scrolling through my phone, going, man, I'm on my phone all the time. All the time. It's just natural. Sitting in the back of an Uber, doing nothing, listening to music that I don't like because I'm in an Uber. And at some point, I second nature, dude. Just uh, didn't even realize I was doing it. Like that, like that forward shoulder roll we were talking about, right? Muscle memory. Oh, yeah. Right? Bring yeah. it back around. Uh, just pulled out my phone. Because I was bored. Bored, pulled out my phone and needed a hit of endorphins, I guess. So this is, this is what it is. We do now have data showing that when you're looking at your phone, it's this insane dopamine dump. Yeah, right? Every time absolutely. you 
if you see a little red circle, if you're a Apple user at least, you see that notification Man, button. I on my watch, which is fucking And terrible. I click, 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 and you get dopamine every time you look at your watch, every yeah. time you're looking for good new information, something exciting. It's yeah. like the, the new version of like being laid up at night and just clicking the change channel button. You wanted more, you wanted more, you wanted more. Except now you get like straight heroin to your dick vein because that's what a smartphone is, right? It's just so much data just right. pouring into your brain. And because of all that dopamine, our brain has this natural thing. There's a, a, a lady I was listening to that studies um, dopamine. It's like dopamine deficit disorder or something. It's pretty much for all the dopamine you have, your brain has to equalize. It has to like almost like on purpose hurt you to get back to balance is the way that she put it. There's like these little demons that come out when you're using too much dopamine and they got to balance it out. And so we're always on these freaking phones constantly all the time. And if we're not, it, it literally hurts. Mm -hmm. And there's other stuff that. I mean, that's any addiction. Right? Into that's, it. That's exactly yeah. What it is. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, was, I thought the other day, like there's certain people like my upbringing, there were a lot of people that they would judge others for being addicted to a certain substance, but they they'd never touched alcohol. They never right. touched a cigarette. But everyone and, uses it. Right? And so. Now they're like, oh, maybe I kind of know what addiction is now. You know, it's like this, you you just get the ability to actually see from other people's perspective. Like, yeah. no, you can't fucking control yourself. And that's what addiction is. Yeah. It's like when I quit smoking, um, it was really hard to describe to my wife who had never smoked what it was like to crave a cigarette. And I think my best way I could describe it was hunger. It's like, you're just hungry, man. Just hungry. And what do you do when you're hungry? You go get some food. And that's what it was like. Mm -hmm. so. It's uh, taking away a pain. Because what is hunger but a pain in your stomach saying, hey, brain, yeah. you need to fill this. And if we have like a pain in our brain, whether it's a memory we're always trying to forget or maybe shit we don't even know we're trying to forget. Or if it's as simple as... I just saw something horrific and I can't handle this right now. I can't address it. Or maybe it was so horrific. I never want to address it again. Or, I mean, even if it's like, what do they say? The worst thing that can happen to you is still the worst thing that's ever happened to you. <laughs> so even though, like my daughter yesterday, we told her that we weren't going to be able to go somewhere. And she had like a 30 minute cry fest in her bed and I'm sitting there and I wanted to like, say, buck up, get, you know, mm -hmm. get out of bed. But then I realized I'm like, well, what if this, I mean, I've experienced some like crazy shit, so that doesn't affect me anymore. But the first time that happened yeah. to me, it probably hurt just as bad as the worst thing. Yeah. yeah. And so I went up to her and said, hey, this sucks, doesn't it? She's like, yeah. And I said, well, I don't know what's going to make it better, but time, but make sure you don't get too hot in here. Do you want some water? And she said, yeah. And that's when she kind of started calming down a little bit. And then like, are you breathing better now? And I could have it's been a dick to that's, her. That's but compassion. You're treating her compassionately, right? And it works. I, uh, I'm very grateful that I hold my tongue a lot more than I used to. It's tough, dude. It is. It's real tough. My wife found this subreddit called um, Why My Kid Is Crying. Oh, those are great. <laughs> I've seen that. My kid's crying because uh, I didn't let my dog drive her to school. <laughs> <laughs> So the, the pain that we feel in our brains, 
is just real. as real yeah, as it's real. hunger. It's just as real as actual physical pain in the knee. And if we treat all those pains the same, we can start to understand why people are addicted. Physical pains, people did oxy and they all of a sudden their physical pains were gone. Yeah. The problem is it actually rewrote their brain chemistry to the point where it wasn't just their physical pains. Now they got the brain pains on top of it. Mm -hmm. And we have different tools now that we're just starting to finally give a little bit more credit to that actually allows us to go in and hack our biology. And thank God it's destigmatizing because things that I would have laughed at uh, my, you know, 20 year old self, the guy that knew everything, I would laugh at meditation. I would laugh at people saying that you could literally change things in your life just by sitting there and doing nothing. Yeah. And I would have laughed at people taking mushrooms to do the same thing or similar thing, hypothetically. And right now I'm, I'm convinced, like I've just looked into it with an open eye and seen way too many success stories. And the part that I think is very important we need to point out is not only do you find the success stories, but you don't find the horror stories because mm. there aren't any. You don't find people ODing off of like mushrooms and cannabis. Right. You don't have the debilitating life ending shit that comes with other things. And then you have people like um, Casey was sharing a story about how she would use let her friend use her apartment as they were going down to Mexico. She what had been an addict herself or is a recovering addict went through the 12 step process, super against any type of drug. But because her close friend said, hey, I need a place for these. These people don't have a place to stay. Can they stay at your place as they're trying to get some treatment to get off of heroin? And she said, sure. And I'm like, wow, that's a very nice person, very trusting person. But she let a heroin addict stay in her apartment. She'd meet them. They'd go down to Mexico, do a treatment, come back, and she would say they were completely different people. They were 100% off their physical dependence from it. And they had a mental outlook on it that was addressing the actual pain that they'd been trying to cover up with the actual heroin. And so that's the only way to solve addiction is to take care of those traumas in your brain yep. or knee or where, wherever the pain is, take care of that shit. Yeah. And start uh, stopping people from falling into the stream instead of just pulling them out of the, yeah. pulling out of the stream at the exactly. uh, downstream end. And we're finally, uh, we're finally talking about it, man. I didn't know any of this shit until I was today years old, you know, or the last like year. Um, I, I, I didn't know a fraction of any of that. And it makes so much sense. And there, there's just, I just don't see why there's any reason why we aren't pushing that a lot harder. So when I say, why haven't we done anything? It might, I guess my real question is why are we not, making this bigger deal because it's in my mind i think it's a very very doable simple thing to push you, you got to change hearts and minds i mean there are people who just reflexively say no to drugs just don't do it you know and it's that's not what it is and you have to 
convince these people, uh, you know, using data and experiences, you know, real life lived experiences. Um, and that just takes time. That's what it is. It's just going to take time, man. Well, I am a former, I guess I'm still an Eagle Scout. I'm a... Once an Eagle Scout, always an Eagle Scout? Exactly. Not as cool as Marines, but we're like the little boy Marines. Mm -hmm. Um, I served a two-year mission Mm -hmm. and uh, came back honorably. And I'm saying that we need to get over that stigma. I was a worse person then than I am now. um, My mom's the same way. You know, recovering addict. Um, we, she and I had a really heart-to-heart discussion about marijuana. She was very against marijuana legalization, and I tried to make um, an impassioned and also, you know, kind of dispassionate argument about, you know, because from her point of view, marijuana was evil, um, and it put her on the path to dependence. Um, and we had a, you know, and I had to say, you know, dispassionately, I'm sorry that happened to you, but making it illegal is not the answer. And, um, now she, you know, kind of is coming around and she's finally saying, you know, maybe making it illegal is not the answer and maybe, um, helping people and making it legal and giving them the help they need and destigmatization is is the right path so it just takes time it just takes time in my in my opinion it'll it'll wrong. be there. it'll go it'll get there i want to fast forward that bitch yeah i wish we could there's a lot of stuff i wish we could fast forward well we are doing the right things and that is at a local level we are making very important choices austin the district attorney pretty much announced we're not going to charge people for weed unless it's awesome. some grave thing. And this was a few awesome. years back. America um, imprisons more than anybody else by a huge margin. It, I mean, it's if, if you don't know about the prison industrial complex, do it's everything you can to teach yourself about it. Dude. And that's going to change your perspective on a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. It's insane how much money goes to very corrupt reasons. And it's using yeah. people, it's, it's a new form of slavery, really. It's like they're making money off of humans. Yeah. There, was a, there was to. a judge recently that got convicted of taking money under the table from prisons to send people to prison. And that it was has blatant to be the most evil sentence ever. Out in the open. Out in the open. She was just doing it. It's just happening. Well, not out in the open. I mean, obviously under the table, but. You know, clearly, clearly what she was doing was wrong and she was just doing it. And to make things worse, people who are working their asses off and then paying into the system are the ones paying for all this. We're using tax money to support a system that is just as corrupt as you can possibly be. Yes. The the, the numbers are insane. Like yeah. our like I want to know what the I looked at Jelaine Maxwell to see what she's up well, to. Well, it's a it's a uh, smoke and mirrors game, right? Um those people who are in power would like you to be angry about something else. They'd like you to be angry about Rittenhouse. Right? So it becomes a proxy war because it gets people upset. 
Um, and so they parade Rittenhouse in front of you. And they say, look at my left hand. Right, while their right hand is pilfering your pocket and setting up a prison industrial complex. You're, but, you're 100% right. Yeah. It, that's exactly what it is. Right. And that's why and, I think podcasts are going to save the world. And back to Facebook again. Facebook helps. Facebook helps drive that anger and helps their left hand where they're waving Rittenhouse in front of you. You think the prison industrial complex is a trending topic on Twitter or Facebook? No. Rittenhouse is. And do you know why do you know who I hold to blame? Who's that? Us. You and I? Yeah. I don't know, man. It is though. They it they played really us. Is. They they hacked our biology. Yeah, well boohoo us, let's get better. <laughs> we we're getting there. We we we're figuring it out. We're yeah. talking about it. We're educating each other. We're deleting apps and using the because i still use facebook it is a very valuable tool and i'm going to keep continuing to use it as long as it's there for my disposal i just have to learn how to work with that and i'm actually doing a really good job like you saw i pulled it up and i had what like i don't know how many notifications because it's been a week since i looked at it i look at it to look people up that i haven't talked to in in years that's the that's how they get you man that's how they keep you on there they and make it invaluable. Like they someone, really like someone who was prescribed OxyContin and didn't know what they were getting themselves yep. into, they have a way out as well. Yeah, and I think we need to treat those in the same vein. I agree with you, one hundred percent. And so, just because something is or can be detrimental to society, we're naive to think that there isn't a benefit to it. And yeah. I think we just need to learn how to navigate those as a society and use all the tools to our disposal in a, in a good way. I agree with you. But for me right now, I need to do my best to um, cut it off as much as possible. But it is invaluable. I still have it. I still use it. It's For buying and selling, Craigslist does not exist anymore. Facebook Marketplace is where it's at. Yeah, so it's incredibly tough. They have a, an incredible value proposition to using Facebook and Google. Same thing. Yeah, I, I'm going to probably do the same thing for Reddit that I did for Facebook. Just take it off yeah, my phone. I know. I'm, oh, I'm over here preaching about Facebook and I am in the same Reddit hole that you're in. Dude, and you can it's tell hard. It's tough, dude. the arguments tough. that we have on the one thread to rule that all rule one thread to rule them all. Is that what it is? One, yeah, it's the one ring. The arguments we have are so black and white between Reddit users and non-Reddit users. Oh, you're and talking about pretty, the political bullshit. Yeah. Thread. Oh, political yeah, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. And it. God, it, I wish we could take it off of Facebook. Well, we can. Easy. I know. We just we, start a new one. What, what would you recommend? I don't know. I, I don't have a recommendation. Signal, I guess, would be. That's one that people have started getting yeah. me to go on. Let's to. do it. You and me. I already have one up. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, you literally just have to. It's super easy. You download the thing. No, I mean, we don't. We need to migrate everyone from oh, Facebook. Oh, like get a signal. new page, yeah, a new yeah, yeah. Uh, thread. A, little, a new political bullshit thread. We need to check. Because do you know what I hate about. Um, just regular texting. What's that? Is Android and iPhone. They don't. They don't have sex, right? They just won't fuck. Yeah. And I like fucking. I don't know why I use that analogy, but <laughs> there it is. And 
you can change it's simple stuff man it's like you can change the name of the group you can right. add anyone at any time yeah. it doesn't matter that's the little stuff that sells and it's, get on facebook it's for because, figuring it out it's because it's a messaging system and not text but they allow texting people to use the messaging system so it's iMessage when you and I use it and we're on iPhones. And iMessage is awesome. Yes. And it's supposed to be more secure. It is. Allegedly. Right. I don't know enough about it. It's more secure than texting. And Signal's actually props to Facebook. What I found out is WhatsApp and Signal use similar technology. Yep. And WhatsApp's owned by Facebook. Mm-hmm. So Except Facebook has access to WhatsApp. They claim they didn't. On the, mm-hmm. When I first pulled like, it up, Facebook they said a lot of things. no one, including Facebook, will have access to it. So either they're flat out lying to us or else. Which they could be. They could be. Or they don't know what they don't know. And they do have access and they don't realize it. So the. Um, That's actually a good point. Yeah. We're, we're, so now we're kind of getting into the weeds a little bit about it. but. So do you know that this is true for WhatsApp or you're. Uh, just conjecturing. Just conjecturing. Okay. Um, however, they, they don't do... Well, I don't know if they do or if they don't do. But there's a subpoena process. So if the, if the United States federal government subpoenas WhatsApp to get your messages, can they get it? Or does WhatsApp literally not save those messages? So they, do they not have a data center? Or do they have a data center? And if... So there are, you know, so here's how I understand who go it. in and request subpoenas from WhatsApp. When I read it, they claim they did the same thing that I think Signal does, and that is they will send an encrypted message, and while it's from while it's in the cloud on different servers, it will remain encrypted, and the only key for that is on the two devices that are within that message group. Yeah. And so if you can track down the actual phone, you might be able to extract or hack into the phone, I guess, would be the other thing. But I don't I don't know. I really don't. So the way it was described to me was uh, mixing pa- mixing paint. So you have a specific color of red paint and you mix it up with this different color of paint. Then it gets in the cloud and then the only one who can unmix it is someone who has the key to know what color paint you had and then we can both unmix it. Okay. Which is so not in, like paint at all because you do. can't unmix paint. <laughs> right. Oh, but the difficulty level would be uh, similar. Is that exactly that? okay? That that's a good one. Yeah, so should I switch from WhatsApp to Signal? Signal is arguably safer to use than WhatsApp. It doesn't offer cloud backups, but that doesn't make it less secure. It just means it lacks that feature. Signal lets you do the same things as WhatsApp. Group chat supports up to 1,000 people. Signal has a disappearing messages feature as well, but it can be set using a timer of five seconds to seven days. Yeah, so um, one, of the, one, of the, one of the security problems is that if someone gets into your phone, they can read the messages that I sent to you. Does that make sense? I think that's any service though, right? Unless they have disappearing messages. Unless they have disappearing messages. In which, which case... Snapchat has. But I don't think they have the same security as Signal. I don't believe they do. I think that can be hacked into. But I don't know. But we're, really we're getting kind of 
really down into the weeds and in, in these things. But my understanding, if I were gonna, if if you were gonna gun to my head, make me choose an app, it would be Signal. So that's redirect political bullshit onto Signal. That would be awesome. We pull that off. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck Facebook. I don't know why. Actually, Facebook has done some amazing stuff, yeah. and I don't think we should Incredible forget about value that. value proposition, and uh, did some good stuff, but we have other avenues for that now, so let's do those things. Yeah, well, as far as messaging goes, but as far as keeping in touch with people, I can't think of something else that is as robust as Facebook. Just call and them up, man. I don't have their contact info. Call them and ask them. Call them how? On Facebook. Oh, so use Facebook to get away from Facebook. Yeah. Why not? 10 years down the road. I, well, I've, I don't know how many Facebook friends. I'm not going to call up every single one right now. I haven't talked to some for like 10 years. But now it's actually coming in handy for me. Maybe I'm just in a unique situation, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Not most people you are going after 15, 20 years. Someone who's advertising cannot not use Facebook. Yeah. So we brought in um, someone to come watch our band. And, and, you know, give us pointers and, and tell us things. And she said straight up, you guys need to have a social media presence. It needs to happen. Well, yeah, if you want to be successful, you got to use the tools to get the people. Yep. That's why uh, my show is going to be growing very, very slowly. I'm doing mostly word of mouth. And surprisingly enough, it is growing. But that's how I wanted it to grow. I mean, I don't, I just don't think me spending a lot of time and money on a large social media platform is going to draw people in there actually going to listen to a two-hour episode of some no-name guy talking if someone understands the value of what it is they're willing to actually say to a friend hey you should listen to this episode or send them an actual link that's what's game like everyone i've talked to that listened to my show that wasn't just an immediate friend it was through that it was like hey actually i heard about this you made a good point you should listen to this because they were in their own like discussion and they said, actually, this guy said this. And so they sat down and listened to it. They're like, oh, okay. But then they started like, hey, did you hear the latest one? Every person that has liked the Facebook page, they're just not a podcast person or they don't they don't understand the value of actually sitting down and listening to a long form conversation yeah. or that's just not for them. I think honestly with me, I just listen to it while I drive most of the time. I've been listening yeah. to them like while doing yard work and stuff, but... It's just a different type of person. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know how much time and effort and money I want to spend on paying Facebook to target people through their ads. That's the most effective way to do it. I, I could pay 50 bucks a, a month and have millions of people seeing my stuff. But I just, I might, I still might. I'm not saying I'm not going to, but as of right now, I kind of want to see what happens organically. Cool, man. Pretty naive about it, but I'm doing it the way I want to. I like it. Um, I went to a karaoke bar. And uh, the owner, really old, had to be 80, Japanese dude, came on and sang My Way by Frank Sinatra. And before he got on the mic, you could tell uh, he, he was telling us about you know his life story a little bit mm -hmm. and how he came to America and everyone said he wasn't going to make it. But now here he is. And he's got his own karaoke bar and he couldn't be happier because he did it his way. And then he fucking annihilated it. He killed it on the mic. That is sang awesome. Sang song amazingly. And I was uh, a little teary eyed a little bit. Oh, uh, that song. 
um, was on the movie Sing. Hmm. I believe it's a koala bear that <laughs> sings it. No, it's a rat. It's a, it's like a mafia mafiosa rat guy that sings it. And um, I've seen that movie now about 50 times because that was one of the few DVDs that we had on our uh, road trip with family. And I have stuck in my head that it's not Frank Sinatra. I gotta pee. You gotta take a pee break? Yes, sir. Let's do it. I have no idea how much uh, bourbon I've drank so far. I think I need to do some more. That much? This was a new bottle. We killed the whole entire bottle two nights ago. I'm still (laughs) recovering from it. If I seem like I'm a little slow, that's just because I'm retarded. But it's also because I helped finish a bottle of bourbon let me ask you this is retarded offensive to you to me if i say it like i just did from a different era i think i think when i was growing up everything was retarded mm-hmm. so it has less what if uh, everything was gay though too and that's definitely not okay to say or is it that's what i'm saying is do i get offended when you say things are gay um emotionally probably not um, intellectually, I'll probably tell you, hey, you know, get that, smarter, just be more cognizant, I guess. You don't need to say it, say something's well, yeah, I guess my argument is no matter what you pick, there's going to be some, someone that's going to get offended. Like I, I didn't know what gypped meant. Apparently it's offensive against gypsies <laughs> and you get Jude and you say you're dumb. You're like, oh, that's offensive. People can't talk. Asshole. What the fuck? You know, there's always like, that's lame. Oh, what? People with a leg that doesn't work? You got something against them? I don't know. I don't know. Where's like the limit? Or do we just, I say we just make fun of everyone. I say that there's no word off limits. As long as we're having fun and everyone in the room is having fun and people understand that, hey, ha ha ha. I don't know. I I just, I, I would like to live in a world where people could just say whatever that's never going to happen, though, is it? It's never been like that. It's more bourbon. I'm getting... In fact, I don't need more bourbon. What are we talking about? My brain is just like... Talking about... I'm just trying to think... Offensive words just for... Is uh, there Has there ever, in the history of the world, been a time where no word was offensive? Um. Yeah, definitely. Because humans didn't speak before, <laughs> yeah. We used to grunt and shit. <laughs> Right. Maybe that was even offensive. <laughs> the The timbre was off. Do you think that's how timbre. we communicated at first? Because like, um, the voice is an amazing instrument because it can actually yeah, change incredible. the timbre within its own instrument, sure. right? I read something. I, I want to find like a little short clip and like maybe write a paper on it so I know what the hell I'm talking about. But apparently humans are the only species that have all of the different um, categories of music. So tempo is one, rhythm is another, uh, pitch is another, timbre is another, and there are different animals who have some of those, but apparently humans are the only one that have the capability to recognize all of them. I don't know. That sounds right. It's, it's insane. Yeah, we, there's a lot of things we do that <laughs> no one else in the animal kingdom does. Humans are pretty badass. Humans are pretty fucking cool. But, as Uncle Ben once said, with great power comes great great responsibility. responsibility. And I think we're getting to an age right now where humans are starting to realize that. I mean, 
God told us in the Garden of Eden, hey, you're in charge of everything, but we just haven't been doing a great job of it. We have the tools to see the tremendous effects we have on our ecosystem, where we live, what we, what, what we can and what we cannot do, um, and what the effects are that we have on everything. We only got one planet, man. We got tons of planets. What are you talking about? There's infinity out there. Are there humans on other planets? Maybe. I'm saying we, you and I. And yeah, we humans, just haven't terraformed them yet. Right. Maybe we'll get there. Working on it. Elon uh, Musk is uh, trying honestly, to get us Honestly, that's to the Mars. only answer, right? Re- I mean, we need to take care of our planet. Don't get like that's going to be taken out of context. Yes, the, I think taking care of our planets the number one most important thing that we should be focused on as a society right now. But you can't put all your eggs in one basket, my friend. Well, there's a lot of ways to get there, right? I don't think the way that some people have been doing it that are screaming for climate change are doing it the right way. I just think that it's a noble cause. It would be nice if we could just agree that it's something we should put effort into. What percentage of just the normal average Joe would you say believes that it is an existential crisis that we're in right now due to specifically climate change? 50-50? You think it's that much? Yeah. Globally or just in the U.S.? I'd say, well, globally, I I think it's probably fewer people even know or care about it. Like India, China? Or Madagascar? I'm just calling out large large population centers that that's what i'm saying large population centers are not their leaders definitely are i mean yeah we're actually pretty impressed about at least the words that china and the u.s said to each other we'll see if anything happens about it of course the cop what is it 26 is that what it is i don't know they got or got together started talking about climate change and people were surprised when the u.s and china unilaterally bilaterally agreed to is that the right word they were bilateral they they both agreed to um decrease their coal production and usage i think there was a little bit more involved but we were surprised the chinese actually agreed to it is where i'm getting at so i think there is hope in the world i think chinese government is moving in the right direction on some things they're going to be authoritarian probably our whole lives as long as they're doing as good as they are like people aren't starving over there at least yeah they're murdering you know some Uyghur muslims that sucks yeah but what uh why would they change there's no reason no incentive for them to change what chinese yeah oh they are changing they're changing constantly just like the american government they're making small nudges here and there generationally speaking right sure and as long as we're not moving towards utter annihilation. I think eventually we're going to start having bleed over with different cultures. The, the, the biggest thing is it, it's coming down to language, man. English is what, like 1.3 billion people, which is like maybe no one sixth, one fifth of the population actually speak English. And then what is it mostly like Mandarin and Hindi? No idea. We got to start being able to communicate better. Google Translate's definitely going to help. Yeah, some something I know nothing about is apparently I don't either. Languages of the world. That's the. I mean, the end it's goal. An interesting, deal. interesting problem to have to overcome, right? Like, 
you and I can't communicate with most Chinese people. Mm-mm. And most Chinese people cannot communicate with Americans. Unless there's some technology helping out. Right. I mean, I could speak into my phone and then it could say Mandarin to them. What I mean is they can, but they don't. Yeah. Most Chinese people don't know anything about what Americans think or want other than what our elected officials say on a global stage. Mm -hmm. So to them, I don't even know what they think. I have no idea. What do they what do they think that we think? I talked to a, a guy that he lived most of his life in China. He's been yeah. in Washington for the last few years. And to hear from him, like he's lived in the US long enough to understand our culture a little bit. Um, but I think he was in his thirties when he first moved over and they just come off as a go with the flow type people. The Chinese do? Mm-hmm. Partly because they are coerced to do so. Like, you're either in line or you're gone. That's just what a, you know, a authoritarian government does. And that's as authoritarian as you get. Like, they control 100% of the media. So it's like in Big Brother in 1984. Eventually got to the point where he's just... He's like, well, can't beat them. Sure. And so that they're just like... Why fight? What's the point? Like, we have a pretty good life. We're gonna win. Yeah, live pretty good life. We're not. We're not starving. Things are going okay. Like, why would we completely destroy the fabric of society just because I can't watch Facebook like y'all can? Right. I'm like, wow, that really puts it into a different light. To me, like, free speech is everything because the government does have the capability to fuck over the people. But, and I hate saying this with this reality if you excise all of the population in your nation that doesn't agree with you aka genocide then yeah you can live a super happy functional (laughs) society it's fine you know like and they're doing a pretty good job of it minus the genocide that they're doing if they if they could just figure out not not how to not commit genocide then i'd be commending them they'd be doing a pretty good job with that communism thing sounds like a pretty small ask (laughs) <laughs> i mean because that that was the that's what i got out of that conversation and like I just it, it's so when i think of what do chinese people think about what americans think i have to flip the coin and think what do americans think about what chinese people think and probably most americans don't really know or care mm-hmm. we are super involved in our own lives super worried about what's going to happen on Monday. Like, do I have groceries? <laughs> that, that, those are my worries. You know, I don't really know or think or care about Chinese Tom over there, what his worries are. I don't think he cares about us too much either. Yeah. They do care about our politics, though. I mean, as much as we care about theirs. No, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think because America acts in the global police force that they do, people do think of us as, I mean, you've seen Team America, right? Sure, yeah. I mean, I I talked to my Swedish friend, she showed me that movie and was like surprised when she saw me laughing at it and like, oh, I've already seen this movie, it's funny. But it's like completely making fun of Americans being insanely naive and 
Yeah. And lots of them think we act that way. In part because we do. At least our government does. I mean, there's there's truth in any in, in anything that's funny, right? <laughs> it's funny because it's true. It's staple. Satire is um, an amazing tool. Yeah. Incredible. Um, one thing I did hear recently um, was that how, how much of a leader America is in the economy of the world mm-hmm. and that, you know, America gets a sniffle in our economy and the whole world gets a cold because we're just this huge powerhouse of an economy. Mm-hmm. It's incredible, man. Something I don't really think about or, or give any credit to ever. It's, it's that banking system. I'm trying to learn a little yeah. bit more about it. I've, I got chastised online because I was pro crypto and they said it was just a pyramid scheme that's stealing everyone's energy. And I was flabbergasted huh. because I was interested in crypto because it seemed to me like a that's like one of the keys, one of the pieces to the puzzle of like actually getting to a not a utopia per se, but to a place where we're not spending trillions of dollars on defense budgets, right? We're actually getting along enough to where the 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 power aren't just always stepping on the power list, you know, getting corruption out of certain parts of our lives. It's interesting that you have that take because I don't see that at all. <laughs> With uh, crypto? Yeah. I To me, here's how I understand crypto. A blockchain technology is something that takes away all of the dark. Everyone who is a user is the one who benefits from it. There's no admin to take care of anything. Everyone gets to see the ledger. If you had a system like that to where you had a limited supply, you're taking away all of the ability of the of a government to mishandle it. Yeah, but it's also a secret ledger. It's not though. It's public. Anyone can look at it. Right, but, but oh, as far as anonymous, is, who everyone is the anonymous is. on it, right? So mm-hmm. there could be these huge power players that have huge existing fortunes that can come in, be anonymous, and make power moves, huge moves that really affect how things go, you know, up and down. Or where they go, or winners and losers. So these huge power—I I don't know what what to they call, call them—they call them whales in the industry. Whales. So these huge whales can come in, drop a whole bunch of crypto, it goes down, and then you know they are the ones who are dictating who are the winners and losers. So it doesn't really, to me, solve. So it's anything. exactly what happens right now. Yeah, it's exactly what happens right now. The difference being. You have that on top of the other things that blockchain technology can potentially help. Take corruption I'm not away. saying it's bad. I, I just don't yeah. think it's a, a no. It's key it's to... it's not fixing the problem today. See, that's where I think maybe our ideas our ideas may differ. Is if if there is and there's it's still an if, but I think I, I don't think it's inevitable. But I hope it goes this way. If it's globally accepted that's when things change because the wells don't make as big a much of a ripple when you have what is it they would think like 1.8 quadrillion dollars worth of assets in the world and most of those are hidden you have no idea who owns them and it's usually just a few families that kind of own everything go ahead they can 
literally affect the actual banks and say, hey, you know what? I know you worked your ass off for that 10 bucks, but we need some money over in this sector over here because it's going to help out the, for the greater good. So now your 10 bucks isn't worth as much because we just printed, you know, a few billion dollars. I think 2019, the Fed printed like $7 billion of just like, hey, here's money that's going to water down everything you've worked for. And that's what I think the positive side of crypto could potentially down the road be. It's something, a, a decentralized financial organization that doesn't have any inefficiencies because the users are the admin at the same time. You don't have people skimming off the top just for saying, hey, I, I control whether you can get money or not. But we're not there. And yes, there's a huge cost. Yes, there are a lot of pyramid schemes. Yes, anything that you put out there in the universe is gonna be uh, tried to be abused as much as possible. So the downside with crypto right now is that there's a million different crypto. They're all vying to be the one. A lot of them have other actual technologies behind them, which are showing to be pretty cool that we're gonna potentially be able to use, I think for good. And it's just not there yet. So I understand why people are against it. I just think it's so I'm, important. I'm not, a, I'm not against yeah. it. I just don't. I don't see it as the cure to everything that ails us. Um, I, maybe it, to be maybe clear, it is I don't a, either. Maybe it is a cure to some things that they that do ail us. You know, some prob problematic parts of our currency, which it definitely is. I don't know. I, I think it's a, I need to do a nudge in the right direction. Yeah, I sure. think, and you can't boil it down to any one thing because there's so many different facets of life, but in a lot of things, especially the financial sector, transparency is key, man. Yeah. Like all of the inefficiencies we have and the evil that we see, the, the big guys step out on the necks of the little people is because we don't have transparency. You're able to have these closed door decisions and no one knows where the dollars and cents are. That's why like Musk, I, I hate being a fanboy of him because it's just so easy to. But when he gets called out saying, hey, if you just if you just paid taxes, we'd be able to solve world hunger. And you know what his response was. Right. Pretty much said, OK, sure. Okay. I will literally it. give you the money if you can tell me how that's going to happen. Tweet it right here. Tell me right now. Oh, also, you have to have public records. So we see where all the money goes, mister. You get hundreds of thousands of dollars annually for feeding the world, solving world hunger, even though you're sitting in a fucking yacht. I don't know if that's true. The guy that runs that place is probably a really nice guy. I would take a half a million dollar salary if it was offered to me as well. Mm -hmm. Who wouldn't, right? Would you? Half a million dollars? They said, hey, Ricky, we want you to run the World Health Organization or whatever it is. For, for a year? Not half a million dollars health, for a year? Not the WHO. And it, but yeah, if they said, hey, for half a million dollars a year, we want you to be the CEO of this nonprofit, would you do it? First of all, first of all, I would say you're making a huge mistake. And then second of all, yes, I would absolutely do that. <laughs> and then retire. Just say yes first. And like, hey, what kind of pension comes with that? No, I would, I would tell them, listen, I'm, a, I'm an idiot and... I don't need anything. I'm good. We're good. Don't do it. And then if they still said yes and still pressed for it, I'd say, okay, if that's what you want, I guess. I'll do it. I would absolutely jump on it. I'd, I'd hope to think that future Jace, who now has a half a million dollar a year salary, would actually make a difference in the world with it. I, but I, I would do know. my best. I'd probably I, get drowned in the same 
power and money grab that everyone does who gets power and money. I, I, I would be cognizant enough to know that it's a lot of power and a lot of money and that I need people to keep me on the straight and narrow and say, hey, you know, I need help with this. But would I turn it down? That's a crazy question. I wouldn't of turn it down. Not. Who of course would? not. I'd turn it down initially, but then if they kept pressing, of course I would do it. Yeah. I do believe this, think though. I, wouldn't. I think the majority of people would accept that and just keep living the glut lifestyle that comes with it without making any major change. What? I really do. Because it's the, the system's really freaking strong. The same reason that everyone that's currently in that position is doing that right I, they they feel like they deserve it and in some cases maybe they do i don't know probably you were just born in the right family and you got put into an ivy league school because you made a donation and now that i don't know maybe they're just way smarter i think meritocracy can be a good thing if we I did it right but in in my mind i know that there are evil people but i just don't think that I think that most people are trying to do their best in, in my, in my mind on that. We agree. And I, I still maintain that statement kind of like you or I probably would accept that position and work at it and enjoy the fruits of our labor, even though it may seem a little heavy on top, we would in our minds say, well, I worked hard. I deserve this. I deserve mm -hmm. half a million dollar salary mm -hmm. because I'm, I am solving world hunger. I'm, I'm giving that guy a pass pretty much because he probably feels like he did something to deserve the position he got and that he's, and maybe I'm misspeaking. I don't even know how much the guy makes. So I guess where we differ, I suppose, is there's a difference between I am worth this and I am doing this job and therefore I deserve it versus that's what the job pays Mm -hmm. And that's, I'm going to do the job and that's what the job pays. So that's what I get. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you think that a CEO of a nonprofit should make half a million dollars a year? I, I don't know. So I, that's what I'm saying is I think most people would accept that position and then they would say, well, that job pays half a million dollars a year. Yay for me. But from someone who's living paycheck to paycheck that's working a you know a typical nine to five they see wait a second the guy that's trying to solve world hunger is making half a million dollars a year what the hell again i need to look up their salary it probably says yeah i, I guess i get I, I understand what you're saying if i had that much money that's so much money is the world food program is that what it is no idea it's a cute kid um if I had that much money, I don't know how I could not give a lot of it away. <laughs> it's so much money. I, I would be buying my mom a house and like paying off my dad's mortgage. And I think everyone, it's the Black Mirror episode where the guy is super pissed off at all the elites. He, he finally becomes one of the elites and he's like, well, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut now. He, he rises to power because he was calling out against the elites and then once they invited him to the show he got a little he got on board that's why i think politicians aren't evil people but they do evil things it's because in the organization they have a set way of doing things when you get there you play ball 
like smart, intelligent people. Humans are very adaptable, right? Sure. We're able to code ourselves in different ways. And once we get into a certain lifestyle, we learn the best possible way to do the task that's in front of us. And if you're in an organization, like say a media outlet, and it's known, it's just acceptable that we just don't say certain things, even though that might be a little bit against what your moral or ethic codes are. It's just, well, it's accepted. Everyone knows and everyone does it. So you just perpetuate it. We've all been victim to it in different ways in our life, school in general. Sure. It's like we, we listen to certain roles because that's just how life is. And I think that goes the same for CEOs of companies and all of our politicians as well. Yeah, that kind of... Um touches a little bit on why i quit my job man um why did you it's a lot of reasons um first and foremost i i think it's because i didn't love my job anymore like i used to love my job i used to come in and be excited i just don't have that anymore uh I came in on my last day, and uh, it's a beautiful campus. Worked at a huge company. Uh, came in on my last day. It was a beautiful day. Weather was perfect. It's a little bit chilly. There was a dew on the leaves. The sun was at the perfect spot. You know, it's coming in, had my windows down, listening to some great music. And I really tried to feel something about the beauty of the campus, and I just did not care anymore it's just gone any passion i had for the job was just out the door man didn't care about it and i, I needed to do something else but you know it had been it had been weighing on me for a long time um that the the product that we made didn't give a shit about um and I've, uh it's an oil company and i did feel a lot of guilt about um you know, climate change and the existential crisis that we're facing. And it had given me a very cushy, kind of extravagant lifestyle. I made a lot of money and the job was easy for me. Um, I, get, I could fuck off half the day and, uh, and get praised for how much work I did. <laughs> you know, it was that kind of a job. Um... Which is good to have great benefits. Uh, the culture was great. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, um, it's a lot of guilt about like, hey, I'm sucking off the teat of this oil company and, you know, killing the planet, dude. I, I am a, a contributor to what ails the planet. A and for what reason? Because it gives me a cushy lifestyle? Because... They pay me a lot, and they give me a life that I love. <laughs> I love my life, dude. My life's amazing. Um, but I just couldn't do it anymore, man. Just done with it. I, I, I couldn't be that person anymore. So I had to quit. Just had to. And, and it was a long discussion with my wife about this very thing. And it was a, you know, there was a lot of uh, them asking me, what they could do to keep me around because they did keep me around for a long time. I, I went through so many layoffs. It, like, I want to say 14, 14 layoffs. Holy cow. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, 
And at some point I just couldn't, I couldn't look myself in the mirror anymore and say, it's okay what you're doing. <laughs> and it's the legacy you're going to leave behind, you know? So just had to do it. And they, they said, you know, could you take a three month, one year sabbatical and, uh, and sign on and, you know, come back in a year. I said, no, I, I, I can't have that. I can't have that hanging over me. I, I can't have that easy out to just fall back into where I was to be comfortable. It just, I could, I couldn't, I, I could not have that. So I did make a clean break and just say, here's my two weeks. And after that, whatever happens to me happens. Wow. The, probably one of the most difficult decisions I've ever made in my entire life. Here's to uh, doing things you believe in. Ugh. Don't like it. Scary. Yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> uh, you probably know a little bit about that, huh? I'm just selfish. I just doing something that you know i i think i'm gonna really enjoy is it well there wasn't it wasn't an unselfish decision i mean there was definitely a the reason i'm gonna enjoy it is because i i know for a fact that i'm gonna be able to help other people yeah that's what really gets me going like yeah i i make facade of like yeah i'm gonna get fucked up some friends and drink but it's really sitting down and Right now, it's the learning phase. I know that I need to just pick people's brains and see their different opinions. But the more I do that, I'm going to be able to bring a lot of knowledge through the microphone to people listening. And I might, may not pick up on it even as well as people that are listening, but they're going to be able to absorb the amazing conversations that I'm having. And I'm just hoping I can get good at asking the right questions. But I've been helped personally by just the smallest things from other people. This offhand comment that someone sure. made fucking changes my life. That's awesome. And I can't, I can't say that that's not going to happen at least a few, a uh, few times on this show. And it's just a, there's a lot of weight of, you know, doing what you love. Typically, um, you got to do it for a while before you can actually make money off of it. And mm -hmm. so the, the struggle of. I've worked my ass off partially in oil and gas and was able to save up enough money and pay off my debts to where I could actually afford to do this. Um, yeah, what a selfish prick. I know, Made man. That money. It's the, the opportunity cost of doing this show is more expensive than how much <laughs> I'm actually paying. I only paid, you know, three grand for this whole studio. Uh, and mostly, the sweat equity. I did most of the work yeah. myself, with him, or rather, me and my brother. And, uh, but no, man, to, to get a little more modeling, it's, I, I really want to make myself a better person for selfish reasons who wouldn't want to make themselves better. Right. But being able to share this with people is worth the cost of me losing my personal privacy because yeah. I, it's not easy doing this. Like it sounds I'm doing fun it. Sometimes. I'm doing it for a couple of hours. You're doing it over and over and over again. And It's, it's been enlightening, man. Yeah. I mean, in six months, I've completely, completely changed my priorities on quite a few topics. Where do you think you'll be in six, from, six months from now? Probably exactly where <laughs> I am right now. 
No, I, I think the wisdom that we gain through life, it's like a wicker basket. Yeah. You can pour water through it all day long. It's not going to hold anything. It might make the wicker basket you know, cleaner and you might have a prettier wicker basket at the end of it. But if you don't keep pouring water in it, it's just going to grow cobwebs and get old. So mm. That's a beautiful metaphor, man. I did not come up with that. Okay. It was, it was, a, it was a story. Well, it stuck with you once. for a reason, huh? did it does because it like all like i don't know how to pure truths i'm just gonna say pure truths and maybe you'll figure out what that means but all pure truths i think translate to every language and every sect and belief and no matter what organization you're in there's certain things that when you hear them you're like yeah that is objectively just true not and i can't even say objectively because every every Pure truth, as I would say, is something that's affected by where you're at, what culture you're in. But sure. there's certain things that you, it's a principle that you learn. There we go. It's not an actual thing that you learn. It's a principle on how you can help uh, direct this crazy thing called life. And, you know, as, as humanity on the global scale, I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I think I am too, man. Am I slurring? Uh, probably. I, don't, I can't tell. Well, Ricky, I can't thank you enough for coming on, man. I've been wanting to talk to you from the day I thought about doing this. Yeah, um, I've been excited about it. Um, honored that you would have me, of course. Uh, this is an amazing setup you've had. Uh, crazy life you've made for yourself. I don't know anybody else who's ever done anything like this. Um, but I appreciate appreciate the opportunity, man. Well, that's... Go get some carne guisada, like the best in town. It smells so good. It really is good. Yeah. All right, bye, everybody. All right, bye, guys. Hey, everybody. The conversation is getting bigger and bigger, and I want to invite all of you to join in. There's a few ways to do it. You can go to IamWoodstock.com. That's IamWoodstock.com. There you'll find a contact form where you can input your email and contact me directly. You can also go to the I Am Woodstock Facebook page to leave comments and start a conversation with the entire IAW community. If you're a fan of pictures, check out the I Am Woodstock Instagram where my wife is sharing some of the family adventures. If you're enjoying the show and want it to grow even more, go to the Good Stuff page on my website. There you'll find links to all of my sponsors as well as a link directly to the I Am Woodstock Patreon where you can become an official patron and allow me to be picky about the sponsors I choose. Thank you all for the support and don't forget, this is all about starting real conversations. If you're driving in your car, call up a friend who you haven't seen in a while and discuss some of the topics you've come across on the show. Trust me, you will not regret it. See you next time. I am Woodstock. <laughs>